0: If you're not a good mover, you don't have anything to get stronger for. Right. If you're not a good mover. You know what I mean? Like right. you need those movement skills first to be able to later on be introduced to weights to, you know, enhance those movement skills. If we don't ever have those movement skills, then lifting's not going to do anything for you. Right. And it's great. Right. There's one side of it. It's like, if you can take obese kids and some people are telling me like, well, if a kid's obese, they don't want to run around and do like movement skill stuff and play tag and games like the other kids do. Strength training is a great option for them. And I'm like, yeah, if the kid likes it, it's a great option. But if I have a kid who's a poor mover, I'm going to put him in an environment to make him a better mover.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Physical Preparation Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Robertson, and I'll be joining the line later today by Jeremy Frisch. Now, before we jump into this week's episode, I wanna give you a quick recap of the week that was, what is new in my neck of the woods, and suffice it to say, and I feel like I've said this for a couple weeks now, but just all of the things are going on, all of them at once. So last week, a lot got done around the gym. When we started, we basically had uh, our rubber flooring in, but we had no internet, we didn't have our little water station, we had no turf, so we were just kind of grinding it out and pretty much all those things got done last week. So as you can imagine, it was quite hectic around the gym. We got the turf in, it looks great. May need a little bit of a revamp. I'll talk more about that later, but regardless, for now, turf is in. We're excited to have that. We got our water cooler in, we got the internet. I mean, I kept joking around, it's like 2008 in our gym. We got Wi-Fi, so we are just very, very excited about where that's at. But it's one of those things where like whenever you take possession of say a house or a condo or whatever, a lot of times you get in there and you don't see some of the imperfections when you're excited to get in and then you get in and you're like, oh, well, there's some stuff that we probably need to do here. So one of the issues that we knew we had to address was kind of this entryway, foyer, lounge, office area. And it's hard to imagine if you're not there, but I'll show pictures at some point in time. But the building that we are basically leasing space from is an old marsh supermarket so it's got this old tile and it's the original tile that was in there 30 years ago so you know the landlord's like oh i think i can clean it and man they tried everything but it just didn't look good i mean it's 30 year old tile so jimmy who is one of the co-owners of sogility was like hey i think we can lay like this garage style epoxy down and make it look pretty good So he tested it in the entryway and in one or two of the offices on Friday night looked amazing. So I'm like, yeah, we got to do this. So yesterday afternoon we went in and we basically epoxied the entire thing. And if at any point in your life you have painted something, you know, the painting is really the hardest part. In fact, it's often the easiest part. The real work is in getting all the stuff off the surfaces, right? Because we were storing a bunch of stuff in those spaces. So we had to pull all that out. We had to clean the floors because there's like drywall dust and they're just dirty. So we had to clean the floors. Then we had to lay the painters tape down. Then we finally rolled it. So needless to say, like, there's a lot of stuff getting done, but it just feels like every time we finish one project, there's another thing we want to tackle. So, I keep telling myself there's a light at the end of the tunnel here and the gym is looking better every single day. So very excited about where we're at and I will continue to post pictures and updates as we add new stuff. So that was a big development. Let's see. Kids sports are are kind of starting to get cranked back up. Cade's in basketball right now. So I'm enjoying that. Kendall had her first indoor soccer game. I think the girls were a little shell-shocked. It's a little bit faster uh, than an outdoor game and there's just like there's no breaks, like you can't stand, you can't watch because there's only seven girls on the field. So you have to be active and you have to be moving the entire time. So a little bit of a transition period. We didn't play bad. We got a draw, but I know we can do better next time out. And again, that's not saying you have to win. It's just saying based on our effort and our performance, I know we can do better and we'll do better in the weeks to come. So all those things, Happening. Looking back to last Friday, I was very excited because, as you know, I'd been working quite a bit, working evenings, uh, getting things up to speed, and so excited because on Thursday we got our internet right. So Friday, I had this amazing to-do list. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get in the gym early, early. I mean, it's pretty standard, but like eight o'clock, I'm going to get in, get some work done. Just like amazing to-do list. I'm getting all these things done. I'm going to dominate life, and sure enough, I get. Uh, text message from Tall Dave at 1015. He's like, "Uh, yep, Uh, just so you know, my wife's in labor. (laughs) So now I have gone from afternoon duty to morning duty. So I worked uh, my second morning today. It's been a little while since I've had to go in regularly and open the gym. And the hardest part with that, honestly, I feel like is just getting in the routine. Like I don't mind getting up, but when you're not used to getting up, Your body is constantly in this fight or flight mode. So I'll wake up at like two or three in the morning and think, Oh, I'm going to be late. And then next thing, you know, like I can't fall back asleep until like four 30 and then you sleep like 30 minutes and you're exhausted your entire shift. So trying to get that locked in, trying to get on a routine there, obviously super excited for Dave second baby. So he's gone from two on one to a, a man to man defense. So I'm excited to see how he uh, (laughs) holds up in the coming weeks, months, and years, because it's always an exciting, uh, stressful time. But man, I'm just super happy for him and his family, and I think they're going to kill it. So man, that's really what's new this week. I'm on mornings. Uh, I got a couple things just personal that I'm excited about. Got a massage today. Hadn't had one in months. So finally got to see my girl Jenny. That helped kind of just unwind and relax me a little bit. Another IFAS member, Kathleen, has a hyperbaric oxygen therapy place, so obviously pretty high end. It's a very serious deal, so like, if you have anybody that has wound issues, especially if they have a surgery, areas of low blood supply where you want to try and infuse the area with oxygen, uh, very, very helpful. So I've sent a handful of my athletes there, and they rave about it. So trying that tomorrow, hopefully getting to see my boy Joey at some point this week, so Lots of good stuff going on, busy, but you know what? I'm okay with that because I keep telling myself, like I said, light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, when we come through all this and we get Jesse on board in the evenings, we got Dave in the, the mornings, I can do all the back end marketing, selling ops stuff that I wanna work on. Very, very excited about IFAST and where we're going. So that is enough for me. I'll stop rambling now. We're gonna take a quick break. And then we're going to jump into this awesome, awesome episode with my guy, Jeremy Frisch. It seems like almost every day I talk to trainers and coaches who are frustrated. Maybe they're frustrated with the results they're getting. Maybe they're frustrated because they don't have trusted resources to learn from. And maybe they're frustrated because they simply don't have enough clients and wonder how long they'll be able to stay in this industry. So if this sounds anything like you, I've got something that I know will help. My Complete Coach Certification was created for trainers and coaches just like you who are serious about the results they get and know that becoming a better coach can directly translate to a bigger bottom line. This certification takes the last 20 years of my life's work and puts it all into one massive course. In it, you're going to learn how to use the R7 system to create seamless, integrated and efficient programs for clients and athletes of all shapes and sizes. One of the best pieces of feedback I've gotten about the Complete Coach Cert is that people that train gym pop people and people that train high level athletes and everyone in between is taking something away from the course. You also learn how to create the culture, environment and relationships with everyone you train so you can get the absolute best results. You're gonna learn the exact progressions, regressions and coaching cues I use in the gym from squatting and deadlifting to pressing and pulling and everything in between. And last but not least, I've got an entire section on my assessment process and how to use that to write programs faster and more effectively than ever before. Now, of course, there's a ton more that I cover, but that should give you a pretty good idea of what the certification is all about. Now here's the thing, spots for the certification only open twice per year for a limited time. If you're interested in learning more, my next certification will open soon. And if you join my free insider's list, you'll be able to save $200 when it opens. To get on that insider's list, just head over to CompleteCoachCertification.com. Again, CompleteCoachCertification.com and then stay tuned for our launch emails very soon. Thank you so much for your support and I hope you'll pick up a copy of the Complete Coach Cert when it launches. Jeremy Frisch is the owner and director of Achieve Performance Training in Clinton, Massachusetts. Prior to that, he was the assistant strength and conditioning coach for the Holy Cross Athletic Department. In this show, Jeremy and I cover a ton of topics pertaining to youth sports. We start by talking about the pros and cons of youth athletics, which spins into a full discussion on athletic development for youngsters. We also dive into how he divides and structures his classes at his gym to make sure that every kid, regardless of age, has an amazing experience. Jeremy is someone I have a ton of respect for, and I really think you're going to love this episode. But enough for me. Let's do this. Jeremy, man, thanks so much for coming back on the show here today. Super excited to have you back on. Could you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself?
0: Yeah. So my name's Jeremy Frisch. For everyone who doesn't know who I am, I'm the owner of Achieve Performance Training in Clinton, Massachusetts. Our focus at uh, my facility is on youth athletic development. You know, we get everybody that comes through our doors, but uh, that's really our focus. You know, on top of that, I'm a father of four, youth sports coach and all that stuff that goes along with it. So, yeah, I try to stay busy.
1: You're a coach's coach, man. That's the way I always think of you. It's like when you're not coaching for work, you're like coaching for pleasure. So (laughs) I love that, man. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: football just ended, so... I coach my son's seventh grade team, okay. and I love kind of like building a program. Sort of my last team, we went zero and eight in sixth grade, and then finally, like the next year, we got better. And finally, in eighth grade, we had won a Super Bowl and, and got to play down in Florida. And so I feel like I'm on that same track again. We missed a year with COVID, but like right this year, we are god awful. You know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just fun to get. We had we had kids that never played before. We had kids that were like too young to actually be they're in sixth grade, but they didn't have a team. So we pulled them up onto our team. So okay. I just love trying to like put the pieces together, you know, use football space to like, you know, everyone gives the ball to the biggest kid. Right. I throw the ball. Right. I throw the ball. Like, I, you know, I'll throw it 20, 30 times a game. I, you know. <laughs> I love it. Right. You know, I played spread in college and I just can't let it go. And I, it's just, <laughs> just like in coaching kids and like, uh, in the gym you want everyone to be happy and you want everyone to get it like a piece of it and you want everyone to be exposed to it so like our yeah. goal always every game is like how many different kids can we get the ball in their hands yeah. you know what i mean yeah that was always our goal every week to try to get the ball into like eight to ten kids hands during the game and give them a you know give them a shot so i'm like totally hooked on it and uh, i'm bummed out that the season's over but um you know i'm on to plan in my next year's yeah, kind of offense. What I'm gonna do when we're gonna start? So I'm planning all that stuff. And those kids are like seventh grade now, so like it's nice they're all starting to come into the gym, right? right? So right, they're at that age now where I can get those kids to start strength training and and really kind of get them in a more of like focused, organized program. Yeah, which is kind of which is kind of nice too. So it right. sort of helped the business as well. That's awesome, man. I love it. Yeah.
1: So so what else is new? Because obviously you've been on the show once in the past, but it's been a couple of years. What's new with you in that time?
0: You and I had this conversation on, on email. I told you I was deathly afraid of presenting in front of people. Yeah. You know, on the content. Yeah. And so, but I actually did it. I actually Nice. I I presented twice in October. I went up to Vermont and presented it a bunch to a bunch of uh ski coaches, USA ski and snowboard.
1: Okay. So
0: I, I presented to them and then I did the same presentation out at Park City, Utah at the US ski and snowboard's main facility. wow. So, yeah, it went well.
1: That's awesome, so, man. Nothing like going right into the big leagues, too. It's not like you're just right? talking to local coaches, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I tell them up front, you know, sometimes I get a little, little nervous and I yeah. kind of have to stop for a second and just catch my breath. Once I get to the point where I'm talking about my content and what I do, yep. it's a breeze because yeah. it's like literally, you know, and I know it yeah. so well. Yeah. I, I can sit and talk about it all day, but it's just, you know, kind of the introduction to getting started. Yeah. Once I get past that point, I feel good and then I just start sort of rolling. So I it's been it. fun. I'm glad I got out of my like comfort zone and, and did it.
1: Love it, man. Love it. Okay. So I want to dive in because obviously the, the youth athletic development is something you're passionate about. I've got kids eight and 10 myself right now. So I'm passionate yep. about it. And I want that to be the focus. But one thing I don't want to do and one thing that frustrates me, I think sometimes on the internet is when everything is super negative, Right. So I want to do this like positive, negative, kind of back and forth. And so let's start with a positive. What do you feel are some positives associated with youth sports these days?
0: Positives? So, I mean, I can just tell you from my experience even this year was like getting kids introduced to a new sport that they never played before and the kids falling in love with it. Yeah. I saw that happen this year. Number two, because we spent so much time together at practice and in games, I see those kids walking around town, hanging out together. Yeah. So kids that normally didn't, or before didn't hang out, maybe they knew each other, but didn't really hang out. I can tell you like, I'm dropping my son off at this other kid's house that, you know, he never hung out with before. There's a movie theater in town and like every Saturday night we're going down there. I'm usually like the chaperone, right? Right. Coach. So like (laughs) all those guys will meet down there and hang out. You know what I mean? So it's great. Like it's been awesome to make new friends. It's been awesome to learn a new sport. You know, it's been awesome to like, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like when you, when you play sports, it opens up new, a whole new world yes. when it comes to friends. And that's like the, at the young age, like that's the
1: most important stuff. A- absolutely. It's been fun. Like Kendall's soccer team at the end of the season, like, cause we had a mix of like fifth and sixth grade girls all from yep. different schools. A lot of them had never met each other before this season. And now like they want to play on the same indoor team together. They've got like this text thread where yep. they're all keeping in touch. So you're absolutely yeah. right, man.
0: With social media too, like they're so connected to each other. So they like the kids have like their own chat room, and they're all on there talking, and it's great. I feel like when like you know probably when we were in high school, like you played against a kid from a rival town, and like you never talked to him until like you saw them, you know, the day of the game, or maybe you saw them at a camp. You guys were acquaintances, but you weren't friends. Absolutely. And I feel like now kids are going into games where, like, they know these guys. They've talked to them. They're, like, they're buddies. Right. It makes it more special because I always loved playing against my friends. Yes. There was there was kids that I played in high school with that went to rival colleges when I played college football. You know what I mean? And it was mm-hmm. always awesome. They're like, my, I mean, my best friend, literally, I went to Worcester State College, and he went to WPI, and the, the schools are right across the city from each other. And we used <laughs> to play those, play those. So it was yeah. awesome. So I love that stuff. I love that they get to know each other. They get to know kids from other towns, become friends. And then obviously I get to know the parents. And so, you know, there's all these different bonds that kind of get started. And, you know, I think that's how you build a team too. Like I was saying before, like I love just for my own personal, I I love this idea of like building up a team and getting kids better, you know, getting to know the family and what that makes them tick and what makes the kids tick too is, is, is been great. uh, Great for me. So Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of good stuff that comes out of playing youth sports.
1: I love it. I love it. So, so let's flip it and yep. still stay constructive in the process. But like, where are we going wrong in that space? And, and what are some ways? Again, I love this idea of like, like let's make Jeremy president of youth sports in this United States right. for a year. Like, how do we change it? How do we make it better?
0: You know, I think that some of the issues are obviously probably a group of coaches and parents that take it too seriously, or organizations that take it too seriously, right? Yep. So. You know, the whole, whole they you got to win now, you got to win, you know, local, state, New England, whatever it is, regional, you know, this idea that they got to go to the national championships to be successful. It's right. not really true. It's, you know, at the youth sports, it's just like the big fast kid usually wins and until everyone else catches up, that's kind of how it goes. You know what right. I mean? You know, I do think though, like, so I'm going to give you a negative and a positive too. Like, for example, my son's baseball team this past spring, they didn't win a ton of games. Because they were in, you know, it's just like some of these teams you play against are just stacked.
1: Yeah, right? absolutely.
0: And you get crushed. But at the same time, I said, listen, buddy, you got so many reps this summer at bat against good pitchers. Yep. And I was like, you guys were down a pitcher and you pitched for the first time. You never even pitched in Little League. And now you're, you know, at 14U, they throw you in and pitch. You grew seven inches. And I'm like, dude, you were firing the ball. You yeah, know what I mean? It was like, yeah. so even though they hit you, you sort of started – learning a new position and then you get tons of reps. Yeah. So it was like that was a positive side. But on the other side of it is like some of the teams you play and some of these organizations, like they're just so loaded. Yes. You know, and I can tell you too like a lot of kids I train a lot of kids who play AAU hoops. So the fall is a big AAU hoop season, you know, they'll be like, yeah, we won by 40 in our first game. I'm like, dude, like you guys are paying money to win by 40. And I'm like, <laughs> right. yeah, the next game, the next game we lost by 50. And it's like, God. <laughs> you know, so that's what it's, it's just no, you know, I don't know how they do it I, to make it more competitive and, and leveled out. I don't know. It's it's one of those frustrating things because it does stink. Like you travel three hours to a tournament and you get blown out every game. It's just not right. Fun to, it's not fun. No one's getting any better. So I kind of wish sometimes the tournaments and things were more localized. You know what I mean? There was no yes. idea of like trying to go, you know, going to some national tournament or some national, you know, Finals, or something like that, because it's just, it doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? It was talking, I was talking to Andy Ryland. He's, you know, uh, USA football. Yeah. And he, you know, he was telling me like with AYF and Pop Warner, the different organizations, they only account for like five to 10% of total football, huge football across the country. He's like, the rest of the country is all these individual organizations. Yeah. It's like, you know, they're just playing local, their local football leagues. You know what I mean? And there's a champion and then that's, and then that's it. There's no worry about trying to, stack the biggest best team from your area and go down to play in Florida or Texas or California and things like that. So I kind of like that, that idea. It's like almost, you know, it's more local Yes, uh, youth sports is more local and maybe not just in town, but like the, the towns around you, because yeah. ultimately too, you know, ultimately too, those are the kids you're going to play against in high school. Right, you know what I mean. You're not
1: going down so to Texas like, to to play every weekend, you know.
0: Right, right. So I think I think that's one of the things that I, I would love to see, and because, like, like I said, I just you, you go against these teams and they're just so stacked, and nobody's getting any better. Right, know, nobody at all. That's been my biggest negative in being involved in youth
1: sports. Yeah. Okay. So let's take this same idea and let's take yep. it to your world and my world, which is youth athletic development. What sure. are we doing? Right now with regards to physical preparation with our young athletes, that's good. Okay.
0: So I think that, you know, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time like me. There's been an explosion and everyone's a strength and conditioning coach now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, there's private facilities everywhere. Some are good or some are bad, but whatever. It, the idea, though, is like I think because um, there's no phys ed or hardly any phys ed in schools, you know, kids are just lacking you know, all those things and they don't get access to it. So that's one thing. And then the other side of it is a lot of kids because of that have shifted into youth sports and got really serious about sports. So then naturally you find yourself with kids that are serious about sports that want to be become better, better, better athletes. Yep. Right. So I kind of think some of the strength and conditioning realm has taken over and really provided a nice like platform for kids to be able to get more athletic, be able to become better movers, you know, even at the younger ages, some type of like phys ed program, things like that. You know, that's how, that's pretty much how my speed demons program spawned. My son and his friends really didn't have access to that in school. So I was like, I'll start a program so those guys can do it. I mean, if you look on Twitter, you just, you see, you see youth programs popping up all over the place. So I think that's a good thing. The downside I think is the idea, like knowing when to provide the athlete, the young athlete with the right type of training. Right. People argue with me like w- when I say like, oh, 12 is a great age for start organized strength training. Then there's always some dude that comes on. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but 10, ten's even better. It's OK <laughs> to start deadlifting at 10. And then some other guys like, yeah, but my daughter does it at eight. And then I'm like, dude, it just keeps going down and down and down before it's right. like, all right, well, when the four year olds need to start deadlifting? It's like, <laughs> you know, for me, it's just like, all right, junior high is great. Great time. Yep. If they want to do it before it, if they like it and you want to introduce it to them, great. But like for me, it's like I just want to get the kids to a certain, you know, kind of maturity level where they take it seriously and they come in and, and that's what they want to do. And If they don't, you know, we, we provide I'll try to provide some other type of means of exercise and something a little bit more fun and engaging right. for them. You know, it's probably my own fault because I go on social media and, and I get involved <laughs> in those co- type of conversations. Right. You know? Right. I guess if I if I just stuck into my own little cave gym i would never talk to any (laughs) talk to anyone and just do the things that we do right i think i think i think the biggest thing is there's probably a lot of coaches out there that maybe started working with college or high school athletes and they trickled down into working with younger kids and i think there's always that idea that oh if it's okay for high school kids it's okay for middle school kids if middle school kids are doing it then it's okay for elementary school right other than no it should be well this age, you do these things. And at this age, you you start to introduce these things. And then later on, you, you know, introduce these other things, you know, it's like this, right. And if you look at like, you go back and look at all those translated Russian texts and East German texts, like they did that. It was like the beginning of that communist schooling that, you know, the kids went to school and they did a lot of PE and they did a lot of gymnastics and they did a lot of games and they did a lot of that stuff to build this huge foundation to be able to do, you know, those Olympic sports later on. And I think, it's the way to go. You can't beat it because it's that stuff. When the kids do in the beginning is is a, very fun for them. They also uh you know develop a lot of great movement skills and things like that. So I don't know. That's been my biggest pet peeve lately is like seeing like a fifth grader, seven year old lifting weights and <laughs> and every strength coach is like rah rah, you know that's right. awesome. This is great. You know it's like dude, ease up. They probably should be like learning how to skip and hop and play tag oh and things like that first. Yeah.
1: I mean, I know you see this, like how many kids have you worked with over the years that don't have those basic foundational things, right? Like they're teaching them how to back squat with a barbell and again, nothing against that, but you know, they're teaching them this like very detailed, very specific lift and they can't skip, they can't karaoke, like basic, like movement skills that we grew up on. They can't execute those.
0: hundred percent. And that's the thing is like, if you're not a good mover, you don't have anything to get stronger for. Right. You're not a good mover. You know what I mean? Like right. you need those movement skills first to be able to later on be introduced to weights to, you know, enhance those movement skills. If we don't ever have those movement skills, then lifting's not going to do anything for you. Right. And it's great. Right. There's one side of it. It's like, if you can take obese kids. And some people are telling me like, well, if a kid's obese, they don't want to run around and do like movement skill stuff and play tag and games like the other kids do. String training is a great option for them. And I'm like, yeah, if the kid likes it, it's a great option. But if I have a kid who's a poor mover, I'm going to put him in an environment to make him a better mover.
1: Right? You know what I mean? Absolutely. I'm not going to say, Hey,
0: you're not a good mover. So you don't get to be with these kids, you're going to come over here. And I'm going to teach you how to do a deadlift and back squat. I'm like, No, I'm going to get that kid immersed in that environment to become a better mover. And then later on, just like the other kids, we'll we'll teach them, you know, we'll teach them how to lift weights. So because yeah. there's only a small window of time where you really can like sponge between like four and 10. You know that's where you really learn those basic movement skills, yeah. General, general movement skills, too, not not sports specific for sure.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting, too, because when kids come into our gym, you know, like generally when they do more of like the formal training, you know, we've got like a standard warm up and like speed and agility stuff, and you know, a little bit of strength stuff depending on the age. You know, it depends obviously how hard we push it, but I can't yep. tell you how many times, like, a group of kids comes in, and let's say it's four o'clock, one of them's shooting shooting hoops or one of them gets right. the spike ball out next thing you know they're 20 minutes in they've done none yep. of the formal stuff but i'm totally <laughs> okay with that right yeah it's like hey you're getting all like the speed agility quickness all that stuff right there hey man let's go do 20 25 minutes next door let's get some of the foundational stuff in and then they play another game at the end that's like the best training session possible i feel like for a lot of those kids
0: i agree with you 100 percent. during covid they actually took down the basketball hoops in town like took them down, like took them off the ribs off the backboard. Right. So outdoors, I was outdoors. Oh oh my gosh. Okay. Outdoors. Yeah. Yeah, It was crazy. Massachusetts was out of control. Yeah, You know, I got so mad. I went out and bought like one of those crappy, like home, you know, you fill the bottom up with sand. Yeah. I went out and got one and I like set it up right outside the gym, you know, right in the parking lot because there was literally no, there was no hoops in town. Oh my! Gosh. And I got a lot of kids. I got a lot of kids who love hoops. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So I, I'd, I'd set that up, and like, I'm not lying. Like, like I'd drive by on a Friday night at 11 o'clock at night. There was like a little light on the building, so you could play, like you could see. Yeah. And there'd be like kids playing two on two, three on three, like shooting around. It was great. But every day before our session at 3:30, the kids get just got out of school. My kid has right now has no gym class. He's in seventh grade, no phys ed during the week. It's a special. So like he'll pick it up in the winter term, but the fall term, there's no PE. And then on top of that, he has no like really break during the day of like recess or anything. Right. So these guys are like bugging out. Yeah. So like they get down the gym, they get off the bus, the bus takes them right to the gym. Like they go grab the ball and go outside and shoot. Sometimes like, yeah, they might be out there for like a half hour. But they come in, they're sweating their butt off. (laughs) You know what I mean? And they're good to go. So we'll do like, maybe we'll get on the box and do some like stretches and stuff like real quick, just some range of motion type stuff. Right. And then that same thing, we get into like, maybe some plyos, some med ball throws, we'll do some short sprints, maybe some resisted runs. And then those guys are all like seventh, eighth, ninth grade, like they grab their sheets and they go left. You know, it's like, I think it's a great, it's a great way. And then I take that same idea with the younger kids who come in at four 30 and now these kids are like anywhere from like grade three to five. And I'll be like, all right, see that ball right there. I want you to grab that ball. There's a bucket and the crash mat. I want you guys to make up a game.
1: <laughs> you know I, mean? I saw that video. Yeah. That yeah. was awesome.
0: And the dudes are just like, it's like this weird game between like pickle and tag and, and dive it into the mat. But it was like, again, I didn't want to stop them because right. it was just like they were so into it. And then one, one kid came over and he's like, I gotta stop. I'm just so out of breath. Like, can we do something else? <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, so I, I love I love that stuff. And you know, going back to COVID, when they shut the gym down, even though I couldn't go back in the gym, they didn't care if like we went out in fields. Right. We did so many. It's so all we did was games. Yeah. You know, because all I had was like I had some hula hoops and some dodge balls and, and a couple buckets. For me, it became a great opportunity to get really creative. Yeah. And for the for the kids it, it was an opportunity for them to just like do stuff they'd never ever do. You yeah. know. So yeah, I, I'm in a hundred percent agreement with you. Like warming up and you know, you can do that stuff. And we have our basic warm-ups too, you know. Right. We have a whole skipping like a skipping series that we do, this other couple of different things, but low box series that like I stole from like Lee Taft. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But like at the same time, like I'll I'll rip a game any day. You yeah. Know? Let's go. So I love
1: it. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so you kind of already alluded to this, but this will kind of go seamlessly into this question. Like, I don't know if I've ever asked you about this, but like, how do you set up your groups? Like, how do you delineate them? And then like, from there, like, what is, if you had to give me like a theme or a focus for each group or like session, like talk me through that a little bit.
0: Yep, all right, so I'll work backwards. Like, so basically like the schools get out at different times. So the high school gets out at 209. So high school kids are in at 230. Okay. Yeah. And so most of those guys, it's almost like how my my programs look when I was a college strength coach. You know, they'll come in and we'll do a dynamic warm up, and and they'll get into some like different routines, different stretching routines or mobility routines that we have. Like they'll do that. We do a lot of like stick mobility work with yeah. the, with the PVC pipes. Yeah. We use these like long seven foot pipes and really really helps the kids like get in different positions and stuff. Yeah. So you know that two thirty group is your all your basic strength and conditioning they're going to go from like mobility to core and then we'll do some balance work. And then we go right into power development. We're throwing med balls, we're sprinting, we're jumping with we all that stuff. And then every kid has their strength training sheet and they get in their, their strength training work. And if a kid wants to like hit some conditioning at the end, they might have it programmed in where they do like sleds or, you know, temple runs, things like that. A lot of kids like to do that stuff outside the gym. So I'll just program it. I'll be like, all right, you guys are going to go to the field. Or like a lot of kids are like, all right, we're going to play pickup hoops right now. So I'm like, dude, Perfect. that's all the conditioning you need, right? Right? Yeah. So that'll be like a 2.30 group. 3.30 group is younger kids. So that'll be like anywhere from grade seven to nine. Kay. And kind of like we just talked about, we'll either do a kind of set warm up that we have, or we'll let the kids like make up a game or go outside and play hoops for like 10, 15 minutes. And then we come in, we do some kind of directed mobility work. And then same thing if like whatever's planned for that day and however however much time we have, you know, we'll do some plyometrics, some basic jumps. You know, with that group, you can still get a little bit creative. We'll do a lot of like circuits where we do like maybe like a balance exercise, like on one leg, yeah. a crawling exercise, you like know, that. um, stuff, a lot of stuff on the floor. It's kind of like to fill those athletic holes. Maybe those kids are might be missing. We do like little we do a lot of hurdle mobility series, like stepping over, and ducking under you know, jump series, I stole from like Dan path, you know, Mm -hmm. different like um, hops on the box or pogos or single leg hops. And same thing with medicine ball series, we'll do like throws off the wall, overhead throws slams, vertical throws, you know, we'll do all that type of stuff. I I think kind of immersing that age group and those all those types of activities, you're kind of just building a wider base, right for for them. And then later on, like, when you really get serious with the strength training, they have sort of a, a, a nice, like, kind of repertoire of of movement, you know, movement library, I guess is is the word. So every kid, after we get done with any speed agility work, we sometimes will do like a game that kind of connects with the speed work, right? Like a chase game or something, something like that. And then those things, those kids too, will go in and they all have their own kind of sheet. Some kids are more advanced. So we got kids doing cleans and deadlifts and squats and things like that. But I also have kids that are sort of just being introduced and maybe not as athletic and coordinated. So, you know, they might be doing more like, just learning how to goblet squat or, yeah. or air squat for the first time. You know, some kids are benching. Other kids are, you know, just learning how to do like a simple dumbbell press, you know, on one knee. You know, yeah. so it, it varies, right? It varies their age and their ability level. And then the next step down from there. So we have a 430 crew, which is like anywhere from grade three to five. Okay. Yep. And those guys are just, you can't even give them a water break because like they sprint <laughs> to the water break. And they take like one sip and I haven't even got able to set up the next, the next station. So it's funny with that group, I try to like have a theme for the day. So say like it was a speed day, like we're going to just do all acceleration. Yep. In my head, I'll set up like seven or eight different activities that all have acceleration involved. You know what I mean? And a lot of times do acceleration with like that perceptual decision-making type thing. Like they might sprint at me and I'll like try to juke them. Like I'll try to tag them with like a noodle, something that simple, but, but they love that part of it. They love to be able to, you know what I mean? Or they'll, again, they'll chase. We play a game like radishes and raisins so that the kids, there's like two groups of kids facing each other. Mm -hmm. One team's the radishes and one the the other team is the raisins. Whatever name I call out, one team runs away. The other team chases. Yes. Everyone gets a laugh. You know, so and at each end of the of the floor, we'll have the crash mat. So like the kids are getting chased, and then they're diving into the mat. Right. You know, so it's it's awesome, right? So, like for example, on another day, like today, we have like a balance theme. Okay. It's like all balance stuff. We'll start off real simple. Like the kids will be laying on the ground. I'd be like, "Get up!" And they'll get up and balance on one foot. Then we'll like get up, balance on one foot, eyes shut. Get up, balance on one foot, eyes shut. Hop in a circle. Like we'll just add a piece. Right. Right? Yep. Then we'll get a little bit more dynamic. All right. So we're gonna stand on one foot and we're gonna give each other like a low five and a high five. Low five, high five. So what you see is like that kid balancing on one foot, but he's like squatting on one leg too. So yeah. you're getting that kind of involved, right? Yeah. And again, they're always they're always giggling and laughing. And if you came in, it it doesn't look like I'm explaining it. Kids are falling down, <laughs> you know, they're bending over, you know, their backs right. around it. It's not like, you know, we're not nailing these perfect positions, but it, no. who cares? It's not not dangerous, right? Right. And so from there. Like we'll go from like that low five, high five type thing to like, I'll set up like, you know, the freaking battle ropes. Yeah. I don't use them for that ever, Yeah, but we use them for tug of war and stuff, oh, right? Oh, yeah, so yeah. We put the battle ropes on the ground and I'll make like a zigzag, like a different pattern. And then the kids have to hop back and forth over the over the rope all the way down the floor. You okay. Know, on one leg, right? So the idea is like every jump's different because you're always moving forward, but you're always kind of zigzagging through. So really what we're doing is, right, we're working on balance, but we're going from really like simple static type stuff to way more dynamic stuff, right? right. So from, then, from there, I'll do this thing called like magic cone. I have a cone in my hand. The kids are all facing me. They're all standing on one foot. Like I'll point at them. They'll, they'll hop backwards. I'll point towards me. They'll hop towards me, sideways, stuff like that. So we're doing a lot of single leg work. Then we'll play like single leg tug of war with like each kid has his own. We have these small ropes and it's like one-on-one, right? So that whole theme is balance work. We'll do stuff on the floor. Like we'll do a bear crawl position where the kids have to like hold themselves up. You know, you're going to lift your right hand and left foot off the ground, hold for 10 seconds, then lift your left hand and right foot off the ground and hold for 10 seconds. So you're doing a two point bear crawl hold. Yeah, We do this thing called the wounded bear where like you're bear crawling with one leg (laughs) <laughs> right, the other legs in the air right. the wounded bear right so everything's about like taking a piece away and making yourself have to work and still hold yourself in balance that's awesome you know? yeah so i try to with that group i try to theme it that day so everything we do is sort of geared around the same thing and then that. at the end though we'll, it will always play like uh it's always like the same games they always want to play like pickle some type of tag flag tag game you know, so that's, that's kind of, we have the their fan favorites, I guess, down there.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I got
0: to ask, what's, what's Pickle? Pickle is a runner in the middle and yeah. two guys are a base, each end, you're trying to run them down, you're trying uh, to run them down okay. with the ball. Oh, I guess. Like yeah. a, it's like a baseball game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, probably okay. different, different name everywhere. You yeah. know what I mean? We actually changed it to... Um, forever it's been known as pickle, but we changed it to make it more sound a little bit more like uh, athletic. We call it runners and gunners.
1: Oh, okay. Okay.
0: That's a good name. So at our, at our gym, you know, you can play it with just three kids, one guy in the middle and two guys, you know, throwing back and forth and you tag them out with like your baseball club. But the way we play it, we got like 15 kids in the middle and two coaches at each end, and we play with a dodgeball. So we are firing that thing, trying to take kids out. Oh, I love it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So that's awesome. It's awesome. But I told this story before, and it's 100% true. I sat one night, instead of me being involved in the game, I sat and watched one of the kids. And I counted. It's about 20, 20 yards up and back. And at the end of one game, the kid ran like 500 yards. Oh this kid was like 10, and we yeah. couldn't get him out. <laughs> but he had, he had run 500 yards, and he didn't even know it. Wow. He just kept going up and back and up and back and up and right. back and up and back. And it was like right around 500 yards that he kind of accumulated through one game. I was like, dude, talk about conditioning, right? Right. And if I told a kid like, hey, you're going to run a 300-yard shuttle right now, the kid would be like, oh, nah. like, miserable, right? Yeah. yeah, right. That's how everyone is. But because we put it in a game, it's disguised as fun. Yeah. The, the kids didn't even realize how much they ran, which is awesome, right? Yeah. So.
1: Well, not to mention all the accelerations and decelerations you're oh. getting in that, right? Speed up, yep. slow down, change direction, turn, pivot. Like there's yep. so many good things going on there.
0: The other thing is too is we put the mats other mats down in the middle of the floor, so a lot of times we're firing the ball and kids are diving and rolling and stuff like that right We got one kid he's like literally lives on the floor like every time <laughs> a ball comes toward him, he's rolling you know yeah. he's like mastered he's mastered the roll so that's kind of the the uh, that's our four thirty group, which is the grades you know basically grades three to five, yep. and then we have five thirty comes rolling in we got basically k to two
1: okay.
0: And if you have kids, you know K to two, bro. It's yeah, like that's next they level bring, right there. They bring their own energy, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so the moment my 430 class finishes, I am like hustling to set up an obstacle course. Right. Because those kids are in the hall ready to rock and like they just want to go. There's no coaching involved. I'm just <laughs> gonna set up ai am gonna set up an obstacle course and say go. And they're just gonna rip that thing. That's awesome. And and so for about you know, I usually let them do the course for about 15, 20 minutes and they can go their own pace. They can do whatever they can do, how much they want. If they need to take a break, they go over and grab water and they just jump back in. And, you know, I usually set it up in sort of like a circle. So the the kids like are on the turf, they can just go round and round. And then after that, I usually take some of the pieces of the big obstacle course. And then I make a smaller obstacle course where the kids can go at the same time and race each other. Mm there's some competitive kids in that group. So like if any kids want to go against each other, we'll do something like that. And that will always finish like into a crash mat. So the kids can like dive and have some type of like big finish. Right. Right. And then from there I'll go clean up. And then we do some type of game. We have a game called boulder ball where we put all the kids in the middle, try to hit them with a stability ball. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We call it boulder ball. Kids love that. Right. We don't fire it. Right. We just let them let it bounce. So we have different, like, just simple, understandable games for those kids to to play. Uh, We play this this one game called Alien Tag, which I love because me as the coach, I have a a pool noodle. And I have to hit the kids in the ankle in order for them to go to jail. So there's a set jail area. If I hit them in the ankle, they have to go to jail. They can get tagged out by their teammates. They can get them out of jail if they tag them. The part I love is, like, when I go for their feet, they're always jumping. Yeah. They're always taking, dude, you should see some of the athletic moves. Some of the kids make just to like, try to get away from that freaking pool. noodle. So that's a great one. And then I can like, I can finish and I can say, all right, you know, my son, Brent, he's in third grade, but he was, you know, doing that class for a long time. I'd be like, Brent, you can take over and you can be the alien and you can chase. So then the kids can chase each other. Right. I mean, you know, if we have time again, that age group's old enough to um, understand pickle as well. So we could play, we can play that game with them, you know, different relay races, things like that. You know, that age is just real, not much coaching. It's just more creativity and setting things up for them to kind of explore that age is more the environment. You
1: yes. Know? Yes. I so. love it, man. Okay. So one of the things that I have a question about is, you know, if people follow you on the gram and if they don't, yep. they should, we'll make sure we get your link in the show notes, but like literally your gym looks like it's like a gym class, right? And yep. I think we talked about that on the first show. It's like you are gym class. So let's say somebody listened to this show and that's like their red flag. They're like, nope, I don't, I don't have all that stuff or I can't do all that stuff. How could they start to improvise and do some of the stuff that you're doing without all of the cool equipment?
0: You know what? I, during my presentation, I did it with USA Ski and Snowboard. It was, I showed his picture. It was like, I called it the youth athletic development starter kit. And it was like, it was like tennis balls, right? You can buy at the hardware store. It was like two hula hoops, a couple of trash buckets that I bought. It was like five bucks a piece. A mini trampoline that I bought on Facebook from the dude down the street. (laughs) Right. Sold it to me for, for five bucks. Yeah. Like a pool noodle pool noodles are like 30 cents, right? So you don't need the obstacles, Core stuff that I have, right. You can have just those things. You can do so much with, with, you know, just take a pool noodle and swing it at a kid's feet. They're going to jump, swing it at a kid's head. Not that hard, but swing it at the kid's (laughs) head. They're going to duck. Yeah. Right. Put it up in the air and they're going to jump for it. I mean, we just work three things right there. You know, you can put it on the ground and have them in a bear crawl and they're going to lift their hands up while you swing it underneath them. There's tennis balls. I mean, You've seen guys like do speed work where you just chuck the ball and the kids have to go run the ball down. Yeah. There's nobody that doesn't like that game. Right. My pro athletes
1: like, love that game.
0: They oh, love, the like, col- I was going to, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say the college kids come in and they see the little kids doing it and they jump in every time. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like in our space, our space is not big. Like those dudes accelerate to the ball and <laughs> you're going to put brakes on fast or you're going to hit that wall. I know. And, and they don't care. They yeah. do not care. They yep. love that game. So you, lately, we, we've been doing one where, like, it takes me a minute to like get the distance, but I can like set it up where I chuck it. The kids sprint. It hits the floor once, and it and they have to dive onto the crash mat to pull
1: it oh, in. Oh yeah, like that.
0: You know, it takes a second for me to get the distance. Yep. But once I get it down, dude, they go crazy. Yeah, they go crazy. You know, so yeah, tennis ball, hula hoops, just getting them on the ground, like getting to jump into different you know, hoop to hoop, you don't need a lot of equipment to be able to have a world-class training program, you know, for, I should I hate to say it, the world-class because I'm so you know, I know what not you, elite. you yeah. can do a lot of great stuff with kids with just a little bit of equipment.
1: Yeah. I love it, man. You know? Yep. Okay. One more here. Someone watches your IG and yep. realizes like, Hey man, like, I love what this guy's doing. That's not at all what I'm doing. Right. Like they're just following this like very like vanilla S&C program or there's not a lot of like environmental stuff or perceptive yep. type stuff that you put into your program. So what are one to two things that somebody that just wants to make their program a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more yep. robust? What are the things that they could do today to start adding more of that into their sessions?
0: Kind of like what you and I just talked about before was like whether it's at the beginning or the end or even the middle adding that sort of game piece. Yep. Right? Tag's probably the oldest game besides wrestling. Tag's probably the oldest. It's probably the oldest game in the whole world, right? Because if you gave a kid, a bunch of kids like some open space and free time, they're going to start doing two things. They're going to either start wrestling or start playing tag, right? (laughs) Right. Every freaking time. Yeah. I've I've tested this, this hypothesis so many times and it's so true. Like if they don't have any other equipment around and they just have open space and free time and you have little kids That's the two things that are going to happen. They're (laughs) either going to wrestle, they're going to wrestle or they're going to start playing tag. And so, you know, that's one of those things you can, maybe you don't want kids to wrestle. Maybe that's probably going too extreme, but definitely like a game of tag or any type of like activity where kids like chase each other down, which requires no equipment. You know, those are the type of, you're getting that perceptual kind of environment and you're getting that acceleration, but you're also, because you're, not thinking about what you're doing, you're just sort of put, you're you're uh, actively chasing someone down or getting chased. Yep, that's where the magic is. If you want to kind of spice up your training program, working with kids or even older older athletes, like that's where it's at. You want to add that sort of game slash proprioceptive type of activity that really sort of engages them.
1: Yeah, I, I just want to tack on to that. Like one of the things that our kids absolutely love, and it goes through cycles. But for a long time, it was spike ball, right? Yep. And again, I do a lot of the consults for our gym. So like every person that calls with a kid that's like 12 to 16 yeah. wants speed, right? Like, right. oh, they're just not fast enough. Like, And I always joke around with our interns. I'm like, look, the reason every kid that comes to us at that age wants speed is because if they're jumping 40 inches and running like a 10, 500 yard dash, they're not coming to iFast. You know what I mean? Like they need something else. So... Spike ball has been a big one. Uh, we called it wall ball, which is just handball with a spike ball, was another one. And then I think we're going to actually get pickle ball. That's why I asked you about pickle because, again, now you've got hand eye coordination, short court, lots of yep. change of direction, first step perception. Like, I think I'm going to buy one of those because I played it a little bit on uh, fall break and I was like, oh, I get it now. Like, this would be great for kiddos. Great.
0: Yep, it's great for kids because it shortens the torque. You know, that's another thing too, is like, When you look at like the athletic skills model, which is a group, out, I think they're in the Netherlands, but like their whole approach, the concentric approach to training is like with kids use a shorter field, smaller field, but bigger ball, Yeah, make the game smaller, but also bigger in a way that they can sort of attack it. So like, and even like if you're training a baseball player to swing a bat, like you got a kid who likes baseball, teach them to play ping pong, teach them to play tennis teach them to like hit a huge ball, like do everything you can that involves like a, that motion, not just taking a ball, hitting off a tee. Right. So I think you're right on with that too. It's like pickleball is great for kids because it makes everything smaller, but at the same time, they're able to be able to get to where they need to be to hit the ball. You know, you can use a bigger racket if you needed to use smaller kids, you know? So there's lots of ways to manipulate it, which, you know, over time will develop, develop those skills. And then they can sort of, as they get older, you know, you go go smaller and smaller and bigger and bigger size court. I love it, man. That's great. Yeah, it's great stuff. I love it. I love, I love pickleball. And, and it's great for older people too that yeah. don't have the, you know, that speed and agility anymore that they used to have.
1: Right. Well, so like a lot of the, the older adults that we work with. Okay. So the natural progression is, oh, I play singles, right? Tennis and then they go to doubles, right? So they have to cover less ground, right? Well, it's the same thing with pickle. Now you just have a smaller court. So you don't have to move as much. You don't need that sure. same burst or not quite as aggressive on the joints. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. It's funny how the, now that I'm thinking about it, it's almost like this, you know, bell curve, right? Like you start with 100%. these kinds of games, you get to the big sided stuff, full side, and then you can come back and you continue to play this stuff for years. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yep. I, even
0: even even after college playing football, I you know, I played like flag football. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was a smaller field or we even played indoor. And it was it was great just to be able to play the same game, but not you know, have to worry about someone getting your head, you know, taking your head off.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Last but not least, we got our lightning round. So four fairly short questions. The first one, sometimes I don't like these questions because I hate like the one or only whatever, but I'm gonna go with it. number one, an athlete comes in and trains with you for one session. What would be the best one word compliment they could give you?
0: Ooh, uh, one word I would say, I guess it would be fun. Yeah. Even your college guys, you know, I make it enjoyable. Yes. You know, make it enjoyable
1: for sure. I love it. Yeah. That's the same one I thought up too, but I was interested in yeah. what you would come up yeah. with. It's gotta be fun, right? Yeah, or they won't stick fun. with it. hundred percent. Okay. Number two, a lot of people respect you. I respect you. Who is your favorite person to follow or learn from with regards to youth athlete development?
0: favorite guy would probably be Kelvin Giles. Okay. Uh, I just really like his his writing. He has got a website called um, Movement Dynamics. He's been a huge influence for me just because he's kind of seen it and done it all. Right. Um and I kind of really like how he's, you know, he's trained pro athletes and he's come back full circle realizing just like I realized, I think, um and maybe he's helped me realize that, but sort of like, you know, it all starts with the right foundation. Yeah. So I think yeah, he's definitely a guy that I uh I look up to and and uh, really respect his work, yeah. And I got lucky one of his books he put one of my articles in his book, so that was, oh, wow. it was really exciting for
1: me. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, now I'm gonna have to dive into his stuff. but it's funny that you say that because I've had this realization too. and my wife and I had this discussion kind of on the way back from fall break. I'm like, man, I wish kids didn't have to go to school so I could train them when I normally train my pros. And it's nothing against, like, I love the people that I work with and I could coach them forever, but I would love to be able to do more of that. So I think that's what part of the youth sport coaching for me, like, of course I get to hang out with my kids. Right. So that's awesome. But being able to impact positively all these other kids is a big deal to me too. So.
0: Yeah. We, during the COVID they had the kids doing remote learning. Yeah. And so there was a group of kids that were going, I think some of the kids were going to school like half the day and the other half stayed home and then they switched. Yeah. And so it was great. So I had like, I basically had kids coming in all day. Yeah. You know, I had, I had a session at nine, I had a session at 10, I had a session at 11. Yeah. And then I take a little break and go home and then I came back and I had a session at two, three, and four. That's awesome. So, so it was like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was like, almost like, um, summer for the whole year, you know, you had kids Kids coming. Coming throughout, which was a lot of fun, and the other part was nice was like the, I mean, it stung for the kids, but since there was no sports, training was it.
1: Yeah. So everyone, yeah,
0: everyone loved me. You know, <laughs> everyone loved the gym and didn't get sick of it, and they were always there, and it was like their kind of meeting place and hangout place because they couldn't really do anything else. So yeah, it was like an alternate universe for like a year.
1: It really was. We had that same same thing because a lot of our college kids were home for you know like six seven months. So kids that I yeah. never get that much time with, our pros were off for a long period of time. Like they had nothing else to do. So like the yeah. gym was like the hot spot forever. I was like, yep. oh man, it sounds bad, but I kind of miss that. You right. know, yeah, it's like sure. I yep. just miss that camaraderie and having those people around all the time. It's funny though.
0: I had a bunch of kids that I think they got so stuck. Like it was their place to go yeah. during that time that now that they're back playing their sports like fall sports, a lot of them typically I would lose them for like three months and then they would come back after the season. Yeah. A lot of them like had been paying and sticking it out and trying to get down there during their in season awesome. you know, during the, yeah. Just because like they sort of miss, they miss not being there. So it's nice. So I get some kids that like sneak in on a Saturday morning, which I typically wouldn't have, you know, or like a six or seven o'clock at night, you'll see them hustling down there after practice
1: and get in there. So that was been pretty neat. That's awesome, man. Number three, What's the best advice you give to someone who coaches kids in any capacity?
0: Winning's the last on the list, and fun is the tops on the list. You know what I mean? So if you can just get them to have a good time and enjoy themselves, down the road, they're going to be more apt to stick with it. If they don't have fun, they're always going to be looking for something else because that's what's in the back of their head. They're always looking... If you're always going to make it uncomfortable and and hard and not enjoyable, they're only going to stick with it for a certain amount of time. And then they're going to move on to something else. Cause that's what kids, kids do. They want to try different things. That's what being a kid's all about doing lots of different things. You know what I mean? So if you can provide an enjoyable experience by doing lots and lots of different things, then they're going to stick with you in the long run and stick with that, whatever, if it's football or basketball or training, whatever it is.
1: I love it. Okay. Last one. What's yep. next for Jeremy Frisch? What are you oh, working on? What are you uh, excited about?
0: You know what? I just started working on like a, uh, I was basically just going to do sort of like a, you know, like a slideshow, kind of like a presentation. I was yeah. just going to record Zoom by myself. And basically I kind of wanted to do like sort of speed development, but not real speed development. Like, right. you know, we're not running 10 meter flies, but <laughs> right. speed development, for that, like kind of 10, age 10 and under, like yeah. building, how to develop that capacity with a sprint and accelerate. So then when it's time to get more serious, you'll be ready. You know what I mean? So that's like my my little project right now. I'm trying to put together the slides, you know, how I approach it, the the kind of idea behind it. And then, you know, obviously a million different activities and videos to go along with it. So people get the idea, like what we're talking about. So I want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been, getting the footage and then, you know, slowly putting together I, I took some of the my presentation that I did last month and been using some of that stuff and just kind of souping it up and making it making it nice. So it's funny, like last night we had I I did this drill with the boys where like they sprint at me I throw a ball and they got to catch it. But then I yell at a number and they have to like run between these cones. Like, so you got different numbers. So they have to sort of catch the ball and think where to run after they catch the ball, like a football ish type drill. Yeah. And the kids were like digging it. And I was in the zone. I was just like chucking balls and calling numbers. And the kids were like loving it. And I'm like, I can't wait to do this with the girls. (laughs) Right. And I like fire the ball at my daughter goes right through her hands, hits her in the face. And she yeah. like, doesn't, she doesn't hear what I say for the number. Right. And like that whole, the whole drill fell apart with the girls. Yeah. And I was like, pumped. I'm like, I'm going to record this. The girls are going to eat this up. Right. And then she hated it. <laughs> and then it, The rest of them hated it too. Yeah. And I was like, all right, we're done with this drill. Let's move on to something else. Right. You know? So it's funny. You never know, man. You never know. Yeah. So I'm just trying to compile like all the different activities we do for speed and agility and, you know, acceleration type stuff. I'm just kind of getting that footage in. You know, I want it live. I want it to be in real, like not sort of like, hey, this. I want people to realize that this is the stuff we do all the right. time. So I've been kind of compiling that stuff together, and uh, and then I'll, when I get it done, I'll send it over.
1: I love it. I can't wait, man. Well, yeah, Jeremy, great. dude, it's always great catching up with you. Love our little chats. Where can yeah. uh, my listeners find out more about you and all the great work you're doing?
0: Yeah, so um, you know, I'm on Instagram. I think it's Achieve underscore Performance. We'll get pretty it. sure. We'll find yeah. You can look <laughs> up my, my, my name too, uh, under Jeremy Frisch. Same with that uh, Twitter. I'm a big Twitter guy. So I always said like, Facebook is like all local people that I know, a lot of, yeah. a lot of families. Right. And then like Twitter's all the coaches. Yep. It's where you find all the coaches on Twitter. And then Instagram's just like the wild West.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, yeah.
0: <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, you don't know who you talk to on there. Right. So I'm on all those things, but I probably spend most of my time on Twitter or, you know, just posting some of our content on Instagram, you know, for people to see just in case they want to use it or, yeah. you know, inspired by it and, and, and can, and could help them in their, uh, with their facility or their team or their children.
1: Yeah. Easily one of my favorite follows on the gram. And I'm not just saying that. Cause oh, you're here. I love, love your work, man. So Jeremy again, man, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it, buddy.
0: Absolutely. It's been a pleasure.
1: My friend, that does it for this week's episode with Jeremy. Really hope you enjoyed it. He's one of those guys, every time I get off the phone or a car or whatever with him, I am just like hyped up. I want to go to the gym. I want to start getting these young kids in there, and I want to start helping them get better. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it motivated you as well, especially coming off my five things I need to say podcast slash rant, whatever you want to call it. Hopefully. This is just a little bit more fuel for the fire, and hopefully it convinces you how important developing our young athletes really is. Now, if you enjoy this episode, got a small favor to ask. If you are not subscribed to the show, please take two seconds out of your day. Do that right now. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, wherever you consume podcasts, go there right this second. Hit the subscribe button so you know each and every week when a new episode drops. All right, my friend, that does it for me for this week's episode. As always, thank you so much for your support. Love and appreciate you. And we'll be back next week with our next episode. Take care.